The Way to You, podcast 447. Personality. Personality is a very big question. It's a big issue. That's a very interesting one. And obviously, we all like to work out what sort of personalities we are or what sort of personalities our friends are. And there are many different ways of measuring this. And I'm sure you know about a lot of them. And, you know, we tend to be attracted to certain kinds of people and unattracted to other kinds of people. And we end up in relationships with generally people who do something for us who have something to offer us. I mean, there are other relationships we end up in because of situations such as at work or playing a sport or just a common interest, but we tend to try to define to a degree. And I mean, one of the most popular ways of defining personality is astrology. I mean, that's a always been a fun way and you know looking at people's stars in the papers has for a long time sort of given people some reason to read the newspaper of course you don't want to take very much of the newspaper forecast seriously because they tend to be very generalized but you know there are certain points of accuracy within well-created charts so that's one measure Another measure is something called Myers-Briggs, which is a, probably has more scientific basis than most people would credit um, astrology. But, you know, again, it's typology. And, you know, for, not, for some people, typology is, is the thing. Putting people into categories, into boxes, trying to understand them by understanding a generality about these sort of people. It's a, it's a common thing, you know, and I can think of, you know, arguments for it and arguments against it. And, you know, probably if you're hiring somebody, then getting the right personality type can be an important thing. But I wouldn't have said that was the only thing you should go by when choosing anything, really. Um, you know, there are many different aspects. But Myers-Briggs is this test along three lines of differentiation. And sometimes people take it to include a fourth, which is to do with extroversion, introversion. And to reach your understanding of what you are on the personality test, you have to take, you have to answer a certain number of questions to find out who you are. I mean, I've done one of this one of these tests and come out as um, indeterminate on the introversion extroversion line, i.e., pretty balanced. Intuitive on the intuitive sensor line. Um, intuitives being people who look at like to look at the big picture, and sensors being people who love to look at lots of detail. And then on the thinker-feeler line, which is fairly self-explanatory, 
Do you think more or do you feel your way through things more? And finally, judger perceiver, where the judger is somebody who makes up detailed plans the whole time and runs according to tight schedules, whereas the perceiver just does their own thing and goes with the flow. We use sort of what you might call hippie consciousness. Just, you know, see what happens and go along with what seems right at the time. Now, whether these are all the ultimate ways of judging a personality, I don't know. But there we have it. We have Myers-Briggs. And people get categorized into combinations of all these things, um, you know, because... Obviously, as there are three or four lines, you know, the different combinations grow. I think you can work out that there are 16, is it 16? I don't know, my math may be off. 16 basic combinations, but obviously there are gradations along each line. So you may not be an extreme case of thinker you know you may score a certain amount on the feeling along the feeling line but you know so everybody has their own individuality like that and you know this is interesting up to a point but I think one can get carried away in looking at people like this and I don't think really personalities always lend themselves to being um, put into typologies. Um, And I think, you know, we can like to know too much. We can want to predict too much about what a person is like without necessarily allowing them to just be who they are. Um, Because I think that... um, People may not always be predictable as to how they are. Yeah. People do work in a particular way, you know. So obviously for a job, if you if you want somebody that's really into detail, then you'd go for a sen- sensory type rather than an intuitive type. And that's useful because obviously in sort of work that people get, um, being a details person is a very useful ability um, to be able to look at you know small small minutiae and to be able to make sense out of it and to be interested in it and not to be too bothered by the overall big picture because you're looking at a small piece of the piece of the picture um, but The trouble with these tests is they're all looking from a particular perspective and they're not necessarily taking into account a person's spirituality or even their emotional um, side. So it's all done within a particular framework of expecting certain sets of answers and it doesn't necessarily tell us very much. And that's my argument overall with putting people into types. You know, we're trying to put them into boxes. We're not actually allowing them the freedom to be who they are necessarily because I think 
people can surprise us, they can act supposedly out of character, if you like, and will tend to do so because motivation changes all the time. And motivation, or how, what motive people have for doing the things they do, what it is that they're trying to achieve at any time can be quite changeable and unpredictable. And I think that people's motivation is a very important part of the picture one has to look at when looking at people. Now, obviously, the, there's some, some good within these Myers-Briggs personality types looks like there's some truth in astrology um, you know but none of them none of them are remotely the complete picture and it's wrong to take them as such and to get too hidebound by these things and that that applies to any other attempts to do typologies and I think We try to do this very often because we want to put people into boxes. We wanted to prejudge how people are going to be, how they're going to behave, what might be the likely outcome of a particular situation with a person. We like to be in control and obviously being able to predict with reasonably accuracy is a way in which we stay in control, yet it's often better for us not to try to control things, you know, on a personal level. I mean, the, the personal world we live in is obviously an extension of our personality. We can't get away from that. Um, but I think far more important is what we desire and what we are aiming for in life and what our goals are, far more part of determining how our actions are going to turn out. Um, what the outcomes can be and knowing from a person themselves, what what their desires are is often much more a clue to how they might behave than a personality test. You know, although knowing a person's strengths and weaknesses can't help, um, now I was listening to a podcast by Dean Graziosi, and he was talking about playing to win. You don't play not to lose. You play to, you know, you should be playing to win. I.e. not trying to defend a goal mouth, but going down to your opponent's goal mouth and trying to score. That is um, the way to go in anything that we're looking to do. So that requires taking uncomfortable action. And, you know, if your goal is to lose weight, then you take the uh, uncomfortable action of, having to limit what you eat in some way, having to follow a particular regime. Um, for a while, going hungry when you first start, that's not comfortable. 
when you start eating fewer calories though you know taking action like that that you know may seem regimented and quite boring but in fact ends up with a great outcome and applying that rule to most to most projects you have i mean we're all trying to grow because if we're not growing we're going backwards um which you know we're trying to move forwards in life and having the best outcomes for ourselves we we can have but the way to have good outcomes isn't by just playing it defensively isn't by just staying in our comfort zone to have good outcomes you have to take action that is sometimes not very comfortable that means we put ourselves out there that we may find that you know for a while we find it beyond our capability till we get used to it I mean, take the very obvious thing of um, recording videos, videos, or even just recording podcasts. You know, when you start out, it's not comfortable. Um, but the way I learned it was, well, you've got to make a fool of yourself either way. So you may, may as well make a fool of out of yourself by going and doing it rather than by not doing it. Because in the end, you look a bigger fool if you don't do it than if you do do it. I mean, that's from a strictly from a marketing point of view. Um, I mean, when it comes to losing weight, taking uncomfortable action, you know, it can mean all sorts of things. For myself, it was stopping spending so much time in the pub or at a bar. In fact, it wasn't really that uncomfortable at all because I was getting bored of it. But so the occasion arose. So in a way, I was lucky and it was dead easy to give up alcohol. But as anybody knows who's tried to lose weight, alcohol can be a real downer when it comes to putting on the pounds. You know, and certainly I put on enough pounds when I was drinking. And okay, you don't have to give up completely. You know that's not a that's not a, a part of the part of the plot at all. You can you can drink alcohol, but within certain limits, within a certain band, which makes it possible for you to do it without it wrecking your efforts to lose weight. And you know, if you know how to do it, then that's fine. Um, you know, but, you know, the steady, constant drinking of a lot of people is not for somebody who is trying to lose weight, you know, unless they're really not eating very much as well, because an alcoholic drink is a bit like having a liquid cream cake or something, you know, it's it's probably more amusing to adults than a cream cream cake, but um, it has the same effect on the body, you know. And that's that's taking uncomfortable action, you know, stopping yourself just sort of using alcohol as sort of the be all and end all, you know. And I mean, that's just one example. Taking uncomfortable action is something we all have to do a lot of the time. I mean, if you want to exercise your body, you're taking uncomfortable action there and then, you know, to a degree. 
um, because you always have to persuade yourself to go and do exercise, I think. Sometimes it's exhilarating, but a lot of the time it's just go out, get it done, and then come back and continue with the rest of your life. And I think how we are inside is the it's always going to be the clue as to what the outcome's going to be, far more than any personality test. It's how we think, how we feel, our motivation, what drives us. That's far more than any personality typology is going to give the clue as to how we're likely to behave. And generally the best person to ask about that is oneself. Anyway, that's my own take on it. Um, you may have a different viewpoint altogether. Um, you know, but if I, in some way, I've provoked a little bit of thought and got you thinking to some degree, then I'm happy for that. Anyway, thank you for listening and hopefully catch you on another call soon. Bye.